0: This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Jean Christophe DeBolieu, who's the, uh, and we know him as JC, is the head of investments. For, in Australia for Arcadian asset management thanks for joining us thank you thank you for having me um now Arca- Acadian is an American fund manager
1: um, been around for quite a while but you've got an
0: Australian operation as well now
1: yeah that's correct Acadian was founded in uh, 1986 so it's uh, a little over 30 years ago it's Boston based and uh, we have an office here in Sydney which has been uh, operating for the last 15 years and you have an Australian fund as well as a global one I guess yeah we have uh, we have several Australian funds uh, that we are managing on behalf of uh, Australians institutions uh, superannuation funds and and um, yeah different institutional uh, entities um, uh, I read that
0: um, Arcadian started off as a uh, fund in um, in the u.s to invest outside the US um, for uh, American institutions and that um, I guess has continued as part of the culture that you mon- mostly Investing outside
1: of the U.S. is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. We we were one of the first uh, um, investors uh, to distribute and to compile a fund which has been investing outside of the U.S. Um, so, and we have been having that history of investing in at the forefront of uh, of the uh, geographical uh, barrier. So, we've been investing in frontier markets. We've been investing in uh, microcaps. Uh, so, asset classes which are not uh, necessarily. Um, uh, mainstream, if you want. Uh, and we've been having great success in uh, both managing these assets uh, and uh, also um, uh, sell it as diversifiers to our existing uh, institutional clients.
0: Now, JC, I had trouble finding, in fact, I couldn't find your uh, fund's performance
1: on the website. Can you tell me what it is, what it was in 2019? So we have uh, we have different set of funds. Uh, so we have a, a market neutral uh, fund, which aims to return uh, a total return uh, uh, objective, and uh, this one was performing a little shy of 4% this year, uh, so in 2019. Um, we have what we call market uh, uh, managed volatility funds, which are uh, aiming to provide the market return, uh, The so the ASX 300 with a reduced volatility, and this one pretty much matched the, uh, the overall market return. Uh, we have what we call the uh, alpha funds which are um, uh, seeking to beat the, uh, the index. And these ones have been doing a relatively good job. They've beat, they've beat the index by 2% last year. So it's a wide range of different funds. Uh, we have a small cap fund also, which managed to outperform the small old by over 2%. So a wide range of different funds. Uh, most of them have been outperforming last year their respective benchmarks.
0: Okay, so um, uh, it was a good year for investors last year for funds and so on. Um, market uh, Global market, 26% total return. Or so, Australian market twenty three and a half percent total return. Do, uh, so, starting a new year, um, how do you how do you feel looking forward? Do you think
1: that the do you think last year could be could be repeated? Uh, that's a that's a difficult question. Um, the uh, the central banks throughout the globe are are uh, injecting money into the systems, so, so it can be on the uh, fixed income side or on the equity side. So there is a fuel to the market right now with interest rates being so low. Um, the, the risk appetite is extremely high, and people are willing to um, to buy and bid up on pretty much any assets. So you can think of real estate, again, fixed income, equity. All the markets are um, are at all time high, or pretty much at this point. Uh, so there is no question that the risks are also relatively high. Uh, but all the all the banks are willing to um, uh, to cut the rates. So as long as free money is here, uh, I don't see the market. Uh, i getting into a correction anytime soon. I
0: well, that's the problem, isn't it? For at the moment, for investors, you, the markets look expensive. The Australian, um, I think, the Australian for, forward PE is eighteen, eighteen something times, which is well above average. Um, yet it's hard to see a, 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 you know, an end to it at the moment because of what you're talking about the central banks Yeah absolutely
1: but uh, you know the price of an asset is, is worth the, uh, whatever the next person is willing to buy it. So if the funding is, is relatively cheap and if people are willing to pay a high price for these assets then the, the dance can go f- can go for quite some time um, So which is exactly the situation we're in now so, the, the, these extreme valuations are seen in, in private equity land, in uh, real estate, of course, uh, and it's not only in Australia here, but also across the globe, uh, as well as in the uh, equity space. Uh, so, we see multiple, uh, multiple uh, metrics from uh, many different markets being at all-time high. Do, do you think that the central bank liquidity that you're talking about is, is
0: blotting out the impact of geopolitics i mean there's a lot of talk about the trade war and uh, and so on which is has been um, a negative for most of the time and now it's a positive do you think that the the liquidity that the central banks are providing is kind of
1: overwhelming all the geopolitical issues yeah yeah that's absolutely correct so the the uh, pricing of risk and geopolitically being one of them, but the the bankruptcy risk, all these types of risks uh, have been uh, compressing over the last, call it, 15 years. So pretty much uh, uh, since all the central banks started to inject the money and this so-called Fed put became a global put where all the central banks are doing whatever it takes to keep the uh, credit uh, cycle going and make sure that the markets are uh, are reaching new highs. Uh, so regardless what's going on on the political front, on the geopolitical or even the uh, the macroeconomic front, to some uh, to some extent, the liquidity injection has been here for a very long time now. So does it mean that investment managers like yourself
0: have to relearn everything you've learned in the past, or you know forget everything you've learned in the past
1: and? And come up with a new paradigm, new way of thinking. Uh, to some extent, uh, we've been uh, we've been uh, investing in a, what we call a systematic fashion. Which, if you think about the the range of different investment style, on one on one hand, you have the uh, uh, the passive investing, which would be the ETFs replicating uh, an index, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you would have the uh, more discretionary, very concentrated, high active. We would be sitting in the middle, so we're active. And we are uh, systematic, which means that we use mathematical model to identify what are the main drivers of the uh, uh, stock returns. Uh, So by doing so, the uh, stocks are driven by uh, not always the same things, uh, depending on where you are in the cycle. So if you think of value, for instance, typically would have been seen as price to book or price earnings. Ten or fifteen years ago, now the very definition of value has changed. So when you are thinking about the cheap stock, you have to look into uh, uh, you have to you have to look into the, the cash flow and how these how expensive or inexpensive this particular stock is relative to its cash flow or the stability of this cash flow. So there are a number of things which uh, uh, investors are paying attention to at one particular point in time, and the next period or the next decade, it can be a slightly different uh, version of it. Um, So, as we are constantly learning and as we are constantly improving our process, to your question, uh, we definitely have to adapt and to adjust our way of, of investing, uh, so a typical momentum chasing behaviour has changed and has morphed into something more uh, sophisticated to some uh, degree. And the uh, uh, typical behaviour that we were seeing uh, 10 years ago is not there anymore. It's often said that the four most
0: dangerous words in investing at this time is different. Uh, but from what you're saying, if, if
1: there's been a fundamental change in the way that value is assessed, uh, maybe this time is different. Maybe this time is different. Uh, you know, time will tell. It's it's uh, from our standpoint. Again, we are willing to learn and to ad, uh, to adapt uh, because we think we think uh, vi- you know we think the times are always different. Um, so it's not like something keeps working and working and over again. Um, the the uh, uh, the preeminence of technology companies, as as we are seeing it now, uh, is is something which we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen before. Uh, the uh, The emergence of data sets uh, is, is also something that we haven't seen before. So, we can now test if uh, employees being happy about their own company, working for their own company, is something that matters for the share price or not, which is something that we had no idea or we could not even uh, look into before. So, there are a number of things, a number of clues that we can uh, uh, get now and learning from big data and all these new data sources that we uh, were not available to us so every time is different that's, uh, that's our yeah, thing yeah. Yeah. it's always different isn't it I know. Yes. but but you mentioned you mentioned technology stocks i mean
0: it's true that you look at amazon and apple and microsoft uh, the big american technology silicon valley, valley stocks they've been so dominant they've increased so much do do you think that that's a separate um, phenomenon to the central bank issue that you talked about, and that, or or is it all part of the same thing? I mean, I, it's it's interesting. The technology uh, has been such a driver, uh, but it seems to be based on not on central bank liquidity, but on you know the the actual outlook for those companies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about the again the value example I was giving before, Amazon has not made. Any money for for a number of years, and yet this is this is a darling of the market. People are willing to uh, um, you know put their money to work and make sure that they can uh, they can get some of the price appreciation that Amazon has seen a tremendous growth uh, over the last few years. So uh, and because this liquidity injection, the market is flooded with liquidity. Um, so people are willing to uh, uh, embrace and adopt. And uh, again build portfolios around these uh, semantics where a company which doesn't make any money uh, is worth potentially a lot more than a company which has been having very stable cash flow over the last 20 years. Are you saying that if the central
0: banks, if the Federal Reserve stopped the liquidity, um, that uh, people would
1: value Amazon as they, you know, in a normal way as they would have 30 years ago? Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure we can we can really say that. If the central banks were to stop pumping money into the system, there would be a repricing of risk, which means some of the companies would go uh, bankrupt because they couldn't access credit. Uh, same thing would go on the fixed income side, where the rates would reprice and the spread would reprice, which would mean... Uh, a return to some degree to some uh, normal degree of volatility which we haven't seen uh, in the past 15 years volatility has been extremely low for a very very long time um, and this again pricing of risk uh, has been completely removed from the market
0: removed i was i was going to end the interview there but what do you mean pricing of risk has been removed
1: yeah yeah the the risk of failing has been removed from the market oh i see yeah yeah, yeah. so do you saying that the market has basically taken out the risk of failure yeah Pretty much, it's uh, the, it's it's completely removed from the from the pricing of the asset, and again, this is true in many different asset classes and from many different uh, uh, asset managers: uh, private equity, uh, fixed income. Fixed income has been on a bull run for. 30 years now. Uh, and the spreads are at all-time low as well. So, uh, you know, corporate spreads are extremely, extremely thin. Um, so, again, the risk of a failure and the risk of a company not repaying is, is close to zero now. Um, so, this liquidity and this distortion uh, induced by the central banks um, had some uh, very serious effect on the pricing of risk itself. Mm. Well, we do have to end there, but that's fascinating. Thank you very much, JC. Thank you, Alan, for having me. I've been talking to JC
0: de who is the head of investments for Australia at Arcadian Asset Management.